This is the Wesson Walker Show. Happy birthday to you. All right, sing it, boy. It's Wes and Walker. Oh, I like that. Okay. Do that again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Happy birthday to you. Is that all right? Mm. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Me and Stevie. Like this. Stevie Wonder probably featured quite a bit on Wedding Playlist. Superstition. You definitely don't want to play this. Superman, no, that one's uh <laughs> No, you probably don't. I mean you're probably you're probably getting away with some Eminem. Although you know what? Look, people have clowned me a lot for going to a ton of weddings. I don't know if I hear a lot of Eminem at weddings. No, you're not gonna hear Eminem. He doesn't have a love song to speak of. Well it's All not about love songs, tragedy, it's about murder. Well, that's true, but it's not about it's not about love songs really. It's about what gets the booty moving. Yeah. I mean well, the real Slim Shady, please stand up. My name is like I, Tom Booty Mover. He has like some of the the deep album cuts where he'll make some songs that are, I guess, intended to be club. Mm-hmm. What you got for us, Fiddy? I saw you grab the mic. No, I don't have anything. But I mean, spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti doesn't get you moving. I don't know what does. If that's at the wedding getting hype, huh? <laughs> yeah, at the wedding. Everybody's ready to run through a brick wall. <laughs> Mom spaghetti. Speaking of which, we got to see that on the Monday night football broadcast. We did, and we saw the spaghetti sandwich, which I said I might have to make one just to see what that's like. But I thought the prices were good. I looked it up online. It's got 4.4 stars on almost 2,000 reviews. Which led to one of the wilder food takes I've ever heard from Fiddy. Mm-hmm. He said he doesn't like spaghetti. Yeah. Nope. How I just... I want to know how. That's that's top five meal for me, spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, I mean, we grew up eating it, and I'm not exaggerating, every Wednesday. It was every Wednesday on the menu at my mall malls, we ate spaghetti. I could do that. So I think my taste buds just outgrew it to the point where I got numb to eating it. It's like bologna. I eat a bologna sandwich every day in fourth grade. I don't eat bologna anymore. So every day is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. It was the same thing for lunch every day. But every week is not. People will have a specific food item like Taco Tuesday mm-hmm. every week. I'm surprised because spaghetti, even the pickiest of children, will eat chicken fingers and spaghetti. And mac and cheese. And mac and cheese is a great one. And I just don't know how you don't like spaghetti. I could eat spaghetti every week, and when we do have it, I can eat it for three days. Are you, all right, so the classic one is, are you going meat sauce, meat in the sauce, or sauce and then meatballs on top? Meat in the sauce, spaghetti and meatballs is a top three, four meal for me as far as my favorites. Um, you know, I mean, we could just, I could, I could eat pasta all the time. I love rigatoni. Like it I feels like you're going to a very sexual a place talking about spaghetti. <laughs> nah, but I could just eat spaghetti often. I love. But it. I do think about pop tarts a lot. Yeah, it's fun to eat. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> that drop is so appropriate. It's so appropriate. He went when Wes starts to stare at the ceiling. Yeah, when I and then the voice gets the like this. And yeah, I got to tell you, I mean, if I, whew, boy, <laughs> yeah, spaghetti. I could eat spaghetti every day, certainly every week. They have live wires in them. Okay. You like that? I I don't know what it means, but I it's maybe live noodles. I'm trying to make it work. Hit it, Fiddy. Make them connect. Live wire with Fiddy Mar. Live wire connect. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west, west up north to the down south. 
So I was going to start off with some Frank Reich audio, but he doesn't meet with the media until 2.50, so I'll have to wait for, for tomorrow to hear from the head coach. Some Panthers updates we'll start off with. First off, Frankie Louvu named defensive NFC Defensive Player of the Week, and the Panthers get Von Bell back at practice with a chance for him to play on Sunday. How big of a win is this for a Panthers defense that is coming off a bounce-back performance last Sunday against the Texans. It's only going to enhance the playoff talk for the Carolina Panthers. Getting back Von Bell, an acquisition we liked this offseason, and seeing Frankie Louvu thrive. I, a little bit of an up-and-down season for him. Still a really good football player, but proved that, being named Defensive Player of the Week in the conference. Can't wait to see what these guys can do against the Colts. And we'll move on. All right. So yesterday we heard from Steve Smith discuss uh, Ikea Kwanu struggles. We're going back to Smitty because he joined the Kyle Bailey show. And he addressed the booing that the Tepper family had to endure during Sunday's Hall of Honor uh, presentation to Julius Peppers and Moussa Muhammad. There is a lot of things that the Teppers are doing that this fan base need to be careful. I've had three opportunities to have bosses. Mr. Richardson, uh, Steve Bashati, and now... The Teppers, you know, obviously uh, with the stuff that I'm doing with them. Bro, things are changing. They are putting a ton of money into the organization, into the city, into the team that we're lucky because there's 31 other teams. And, yeah, they do it. You know, nobody does it like Jerry. But there's some other teams, if you go to them, you'd be shocked to hear the stories. All my point is, there were 40 former players. DJ Hackett, last time you saw my son Boston, he was seven years old, now he's 18. My point with all of this, the Hall of Honor Alumni Weekend, bro, it had me almost in tears because seeing men that I haven't seen in a decade. And it's all because of Nicole and David Tepper. And those things, I understand people are booing them, they have their opinion. But get the full picture before you start throwing rotten tomatoes and then you realize the Rotten Tomatoes were provided at the stadium by the Peppers. Wes, do you think this narrative, and I guess the answer is an easy yes, but how different would the narrative be if the Panthers weren't 1-6? and six? Yeah, I think, you know, there's been a lot of things that people feel a way about him in a lot of different ways, whether you talk about personality, him meddling, things of that nature. Steve can have his opinion, and I know he enjoyed seeing his teammates and things of that nature, and that's fantastic. I guess it's a thing we're going to have to wait and see because I do know what other teams where we talk about the dysfunction of teams like the Raiders and not like different organizations. And you hear players talk about even small things like showers and different amenities that they have or don't have. So, uh, you know, if they're putting money into all of that stuff, great. But as far as just fan experiences and things that he's done thus far that people have not liked, I mean, that's not going to change just because he's doing cool stuff for the players. Well, Ed, look. I like this. We, we can criticize individual acts by the Teppers. Yeah. And those are going to, when, when especially, you don't have many people at Bank of America Stadium anyway because the season is so disappointing through the first seven games of the year. People are going to boo based off of the product on the field. Steve Smith is right in bringing up what the Teppers have done within the community to a certain extent. I know about their charitable donations. They did pledge $2 million to help build the area's first family justice center that will help abuse victims become survivors. That actually just dropped a couple of days ago, and that's really cool stuff. It's really needed, and they should be commended for that. Also helping out with the library, an investment of $10 million to the Common Spark campaign. The Tepper Foundation... They've done a lot of fantastic stuff within the city, and maybe Smitty is right in that we can overlook that. 
but that's every single fan base. It, the problem, I think, the booing doesn't come from charity, at least yeah, to God, I, I would hope think not. so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be some special type of awful if you're booing $12 million just within the most recent examples I gave and plenty more <laughs> handed out to charities. But they're booing because the football decision-making has consistently now not been the best. You've made a couple of hires that haven't been great. Here we are discussing Scott Fitterer because of the trade deadline that's going to bring our conversation focused to him, the guy that's supposed to be pulling the trigger on moves that are made or not made. And then it gets us thinking, man, what trades has he hit on? How many trades has he hit on that benefits the organization going forward? And so when that product leads to a one in six record where you win because of a last second field goal, then you're probably not going to get a round of applause especially when you are so involved in the number one overall selection process too. So that's why they're getting booed. I, I think Smitty's right. Bringing back the players, embracing the past, yeah, that's dope. big deal. Bringing the ring of honor, hey, commended for that. Did it then. They made that announcement however many years ago it was now. Great stuff. But I, do we always have to bring in the caveat? But guys, they brought the ring of honor. Man, it's a one in six football start. What you want us to do? <laughs> I, I'm not going to bring up the Ring of Honor every single time. It's great. I love that Peppers and Moose, they're both honored. That's It's well appreciated by the fan base. It's great seeing them out there. But, man, the reason there's not enough people in person to see it is because they don't want to see a team possibly lose. That's why it wasn't nearly as full as what it could have been had you even been 500. That's where the boos come in. The Hornets are back in action tonight on the road for the first time as they take on the Rockets. we got pregame at 7 with KB and Bone. Yesterday, Terrence Oglesby, he joined the show to talk about a lot of different things after the first homestand, including some uh, shots not falling for Ter- or for P.J. Washington. But more importantly, talked about how LaMelo Ball can, can get out of the slow start he's had to the season. I think when everything becomes routine again, and I know that might be a loaded statement that that puts a lot of ambiguity in my answer, but when it becomes routine again to where it's not where LaMelo's like, all right, I'm back, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. And when it's like, okay, we have a game on Thursday, what do I do? Are we back in the routine? I I don't feel the pressure that I did now that I do, did you know at the beginning of the season. I think that's what kind of where it's at. And his balance isn't quite there there's a lot to be said, guys. Like, he's 6'7", 195, 200 pounds or something like that. He's getting bumped around off his spots. Now, I do like the fact that he's trying to attack the rim a little bit more. You saw that against Detroit. But it's going to take time, especially for somebody like LaMelo, who's unorthodox in his approach anyway. He's all rhythm and all feel. So it's going to take him some time. I would think five to ten games just to where everything becomes routine once more. Walker, you had Terrence on the Locked on Hornets podcast earlier in the week. Did you warn him? about the danger it is to go after LaMelo Ball because his stands are as aggressive as any we have in sports. He's going to have to find out like the rest of us. No, (laughs) I did not warn him. (laughs) Welcome, Terrence. It's terrible. Welcome. No, that's what happens, and he's not wrong. It doesn't even mean that LaMelo is a bad player, but you can tell it feels like he's laboring. Speaking of Nick Carboni, mentioned him, sat with him and Willie watching the game a couple of nights ago against the Nets, Mm. and I was mentioning to both of them, it looked like LaMelo is laboring to the basket. I don't think LaMelo's game has ever been built on sheer athleticism, where he's just a better athlete than everybody else taking him one-on-one. He's quick. He's definitely crafty. We know how savvy he is getting to the basket. 
but I'm not going to call him real strong, and I'm not going to call him explosive by any means. Right. He'll dunk on you on a putback. You can get a running start. You want to time it. You catch one. You bang on somebody, and it's a lot of fun. But with LaMelo, even now, it's not like he's an awful athlete, and he can't get by guys at nearly as, as well as he sure. wants to. Yeah. You, you can. We talked about this, too, on LOH. Put some film side by side from the Nets game to what he looked like in one of the healthy games he played last year. Doesn't look the same. And then I think that's allowing him to settle for shots and the shots not there because he's trying to find a rhythm. So I'll I'll panic and and maybe even panic's the wrong word. I'll find real concern with this if we get 15 games in and it continues. But right now, I'm just hoping that LaMelo is knocking off the rust after a long break. And hopefully that shot will come back because the sample size, the, the dude shot 36% as a rookie from three. He's a good shooter. We've seen that in three seasons. Yeah, I agree with you too. And that's going to be one of the storylines as we go forward is how long does it take him to get back into the saddle? And is he going to, you know, add more to his game as far as getting to the line more? Is the 10 free throw makes out of 12 attempts an aberration for him this season because the other games he hasn't shot more than four and so is he going to continue to add that to his repertoire we'll see but uh just recovering from that injury it is going to take some time but the hornets i feel like are going to need him to get better sooner rather than later as we saw all across the sports demographic yesterday espn fox they were all getting in the spirit of halloween including the nba on tnt crew and undoubtedly the charlotte hornets showed up on a grave and well the the guys were somewhat confused take a listen why why is the charlotte hornets on a grave type thank you there's Kenny. no other team tombstone over there for, i i i have no it's idea. the only <laughs> team NBA but team. why would you bring it up because <laughs> it's just thank you. come on because pay attention Kenny. It says Charlotte Hornets on the green. You know you got ADD, but pay attention. (laughs) I'm I'm watching the guy with the cameraman go by, and I see it says Charlotte Hornets, and I'm like, they're not dead? Why are they dead? Who who hates the Hornets in here? Man, LaMelo and the rest of those guys, they're good players, man. That's not right. That's another one. LaMelo and the rest of them guys. P.J. <laughs> <laughs> Washington. P.J. Washington. Thank you, Ernie. Uh, Wes, do you think that Kenny Smith, who any of the rest of the guys are on the Hornets, like maybe the number two overall pick, Brandon Miller? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And, and just to tell you, back in the day on this station, Mohsin Muhammad was on here one time, and he talked about the draft, and he was talking about the wide receivers. And when they asked him who were the guys that were available, he said, there's a lot of guys. <laughs> so me and my boy would always laugh about that. And I, that reminds me of that to where Kenny Smith is like LaMelo and the rest of those guys. And I'm like, come on, Kenny. Yeah. Like, you can't name anybody else on the Hornets roster. So uh, that was funny, man. But, you know, Charlotte sports, man. That's how it is. Disrespect. You hate to see it. I respect Kenny for feeling the need to defend the Charlotte Hornets, but Kenny was kind of like my mom standing up for me to a bully. (laughs) You're making Mm. it worse. You got bullied? No, I'm just giving the comparison Uh, here. I didn't get bullied as a kid. Good. But if I did, then I wouldn't want my mom to defend me on that. Come on, Kenny. And then we could have just moved past it. (laughs) Shaq was right, saying, I know you got ADD, which like, okay, you know, I... Kenny just decided to bring up when we could have moved past it that the Charlotte Hornets was written on that grave. And then he tries to defend the Hornets and then he can't because he only knows LaMelo Ball's name. It just didn't go well. You don't need any defense, Kenny. You just made it worse, man. We could have moved on. Yeah, it was funny, though. 
sad sight. You got anything else, Fiddy, or is that it? Are you ready to put our bet underneath the grave? Because at one and two, odds are looking in my favor. You got they a are. week's worth of lunch you're going to have to buy me. Well, I mean, I, you're saying I can kill it now. I don't know if I'm scared or if I'm smart to kill it now. To be fair, I mean, I, I offered you an out before the before the season started. Yeah, that's true. But I'm going to stick with it. Okay. I can't run from it. So, I, I remember being accused then that I was ducking the smoke. And can now, I get out of I it? Leave, can you get out of it? Or are you, you're scared. <laughs> I actually didn't pick up on that. I should have. <laughs> What a gaslighter! Oh, well, Walker, I know you're scared. You can get you can get out of it anytime you want to. All right, now nah, who are we playing. talking about? Can I get out of it? Yeah, who I know. Are we talking about? You yeah. think I'd learn, but chicken, I don't. Chicken bleep. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> going right at you, Fitty. That'll do it for the live wire. We got a couple more segments to get to. How important is Sunday for the rest of 2023? Is Indy ripe for the picket for the Panthers to get their second win? We'll discuss it next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show. On a Wednesday, hump day, we're getting there, folks. We're almost there to Friday. Tomorrow will be Friday, Junior. Keep the text coming. 704-570-9610. What you got over there, Walker? Well, you brought up hump day. I wanted to go back to the best wedding songs out there because Chris from Belmont wrote in the Humpty Dance, which is awesome. And that's my go-to karaoke song. It's the only one I'll have enough confidence to go up there and sing for the people. So um, I don't know why I revealed that to everyone, but the Humpty Dance, Chris from Belmont, is great. A couple of other mentions here. Pudge from Charlotte has a good text. Copperhead Road. Pudge from Charlotte references it, but don't request that song up north. People look at you like you're in a tribe, I guess. Do you know Copperhead Road, Wes? I'd have to hear it. It's a dance that it goes along with it. It's a line dance, too. And I don't know how to do it, but that one, that one's pretty hard. I know you know about Copperhead Road, Fiddy. Wow. I'm just going to deflect and you push know, it. You know what it is. Don't yeah. play that. Wes, when are we taking Walker to karaoke? Because y'all, you know, we always want the social media content. Uh, we're going to a karaoke, a karaoke I, bar. I and feel you're like gonna... it would take a lot of drinks to get Walker to do karaoke. That's you're fine. Right, I, I, I will charge my credit card as much as it takes and hold it over his head for the rest of his life. But no. this has to happen. It's going to take quite a bit. Last couple texts. Michael, the 49er fan, said, man, it's a really stupid song and it's old as hell, but I like the safety dance. Yeah, when he said that, <laughs> I was wondering, what is that? We can I'd dance if we want too. to. It's an 80s song. I'd have to hear Is that it. a one-hit wonder? Am I right about that? I think or it might. Made it. 
I, I think it might be. I don't know. I think it's. I don't know of, of many other hits from them. We can look it up though. Drum, come back. <laughs> Drum, come back. Look it up. Final ones. Brick House. Yes, I remember dancing to that song at a wedding when I was a kid. And Panther Bow, Bust a Move, Young MC. Some old school songs referenced the last couple of texts. Yeah, man. So let's get back to the Carolina Panthers talk. Got the Indianapolis Colts coming in this weekend. And so when we talked about yesterday. Could there be any type of way they could be in some sort of mix of postseason football? Well, here's an opponent that is limping in to Bank of America Stadium. When you talk about the Indianapolis Colts, we know Anthony Richardson is out for the season. They've got multiple injuries at multiple places uh, on that roster, and they've lost their last three games. And a lot of it has to do with turnovers. This is a football team just struggling to find its way right now. They are 23rd in giveaways per game. In the last three games, they had four turnovers versus the Jaguars, four turnovers versus the Browns, and an interception versus the Saints. And so Carolina, they're averaging 1.1 giveaways a game. But when you look at the injuries, this defense is last in points allowed per game, 25th in passing yards per game, 23rd in rushing yards allowed per game. Uh, offensively, they can get the job done. But when you look at his defense, injuries, and the way that they're giving the ball away, is this a coach team that's ripe for the picking as they come in here and Carolina is trying to get their second win of the year? I view them a lot like I view Houston. In fact, I view the next three games, including Houston, going into that three-game stretch. I view this at as a potential get-right tour. And so when you beat Houston – not only am I saying it's a get-right tour because you might end the free fall that you were doing at the beginning of the season, but they've got some personal business to handle with a few of these teams. With Houston, we know what it was. The QB battle between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud got off to the real hot start. Everyone was pointing to Houston and saying they picked the right QB between the two teams, but then Bryce Young beats him, outperforms him. So, there's one box that you get to check off. The next one, by the way, with Houston too, they also have Tank Dell. They have the young wide receiver that was performing. They have the new head coach. Copy and paste to Indianapolis. They drafted a QB that looked good but got injured, so it's not quite as big of a storyline as it was with C.J. Stroud. But Josh Downs, balling this year. Josh Downs has looked very good. That was a wide receiver, maybe because of the bias here locally, but... So what? You can fall backwards into it if you want to. It's still success, and Josh Downs is having it. So they drafted a QB, gets hurt, not as big of a storyline. Josh Downs is. It would be nice to have him on this roster. And also, they have a first-year head coach that is doing a good job with that football team. That almost beat Cleveland, had some bad calls go against them. Even with the 3-5 and five record, we can talk about it, Wes. I view them very similarly to Houston. And then, next after that, it's Chicago who they absolutely have personal business with, having traded DJ Moore, all the draft picks. Chicago fans are making fun of Panthers and and making fun of the Panthers fans because they're going to be the worst team in football, and that number one overall pick is going to go to Chicago. Well, at least not anymore. At least they're not picking first anymore. But this is the get-right tour, not only because it stops the free fall, but because you get to handle some personal business against three opponents in a row. They did it the first time. 
Can they do it again against the Colts and the Bears? Both winnable games, and both, I think, would ease Panthers' feelings going forward. And if the Panthers do want to show that they're a better team than what their record is currently showing, these are games that you should win. You want to prove that you're better than the bad teams on this roster. And so when you look at the Colts and all of the injury concerns, Derek Carr went over 300 yards, two touchdowns. The secondary definitely has a lot of injuries there. So Bryce Young has to be licking his chops when he looks at that. And so for Carolina, if they are able to come back and play meaningful football later in the season, would this be Frank Reich's best coaching job? Because we know what he's done uh, with the Indianapolis Colts where they started 1-6, and six, made the playoffs. He's had a couple of teams that he's brought back from the ashes. But would this right here be his greatest achievement if he was able to salvage this season down the stretch? I just wonder how much we would be victims of confirmation bias. Because it's not crazy to say Frank Reich and the Carolina Panthers are going to perform better in the second half of the season and right after the bye week. You might be able to point to Frank Reich's previous record with the Colts, as you're mentioning here, because they were slow starts in Indianapolis, but then they got right. Got Reich in the second half? (laughs) What are we going to get, Thank you. But um, boom, they were able to get Reich in the second half. But also, it's like, yeah, of course Carolina's going to perform better against the Texans, the Colts, and the Bears instead of the Lions and the Dolphins. Yeah, of course they're going to perform better. So I think all of that to say, yeah, I think what you could look at is Reich clearly does a good job of game planning after the bye week. We have enough of a sample size to say he is a smart football coach, certainly if given the time. Maybe that's arguable in the first five weeks of each season. You could argue that he has plenty of time in the offseason. I get that. But once you get in-season play, he's done a good job after the bye week. And these are two winnable games. So I do think that this would prove, yes, to answer your question, I guess a longer way. Yeah, I do think that it would prove that at least he's warranted of being a head coach in this league. Best coaching job, we'll see. But against the Colts, I think up to this point, yeah, it'd be another victory. And the Colts have been playing some good football despite not having their QB1. Yeah, because we always supplement a lot of our topics with articles that spark ideas and things of that nature. And so you're starting to see little blurbs here and there about the Carolina Panthers can get to the playoffs. They can win the NFC South, different things of that nature. And so, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see if Carolina is indeed going to get on a bit of a roll because they've definitely got opponents that are going to provide some advantages for them. Bryce Young looks to be gaining more and more confidence by the week. He's got to be getting confident looking at this Indianapolis defense that also, too, you know, Zaire Franklin's playing good football. DeForest Buckner, he used to be one of my favorite 49ers. Yeah, he's, he's still really on good. that defense. But it's still not a ton of guys there that you look at and that you're really worried about. Now, we know the interior of that offensive line. A guy like DeForest Buckner, he's going to be looking at that tape from last week. and He's going to be like, man, I, I've got a chance to really make some plays out here. Bradley Bozeman has not been good in pass protection against the monsters in the middle. And you're hope- have you, you seen this? Coming. Wes, I have an offensive line question for you. It's impromptu. Okay. But right. have you seen this new trend where teams are putting the best pass rushers yes. lining up over the middle? Yes. So Micah Parsons doing it with Dallas. I don't – maybe they did it with Nick Bosa. There was another – Daniil Hunter in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I saw – I think it might have been Mike Golick Jr. Somebody tweet out, you know, God bless you, all you centers out there. Now you have to snap the ball – Make sure it's an effective snap. After that, 
make sure you put your hands on the biggest nose tackles in the game. So you have to be strong. Okay, now you got to deal with maybe the most athletic position on a football field. If you want to argue left tackle, that's fine. But certainly one of uh, the top few positions. How hard is it for centers these days? Yeah, it's very hard. And I think the defense is just starting to do what the offense has been doing to them, creating mismatches. That's exactly what you're seeing. And I feel like when you look at it, there may be some teams that have done it before, but the genesis of it to me was remember when the Giants had uh, their package, when they won the Super Bowl that year with Yuma Yoro and Strahan, and they would put the four pass rushes in there on obvious passing downs. And so I think teams are looking at that because in addition to that, you see teams taking their best pass rusher, putting it over there on the right side, which is deemed to be yeah. the weaker of the pass blockers. You see the Bosa's, the Garrett's, and all those guys going over there to eat. Brian Burns plays over there as well. They're trying to create mismatches. So I think that's what you're seeing. Do you counter that with the run? Because yes. you, 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 mentioned, you mentioned Ernie Accorsi, the GM for the Giants during those days, and he believed in drafting a pass rusher Every single year, mm -hmm. Matthias Kiwanuka, Justin Tuck, Osiu Minyora, JPP, they couldn't get enough. They, they caught were, it the NASCAR package, too, if I'm not mistaken. Well, Carolina did, but, I mean, their whole team was a NASCAR package. Yeah. That's what they did. Every first-round pick or higher, they were Tyrone Bigham scratching their neck. Y'all got any more pass rushers? <laughs> and so they would draft them, and that would be the defense that would be so effective. But if you're – Michael Parsons is good against the run. That's not to knock him against it. But, okay, do you check out of that, have a running back line up next to you, and then just call an audible if you see Micah Parsons in the middle, and can you gain five yards on that play if it was supposed to be a pass? That Because you're always balancing what the other unit is doing. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's the case. If Okay, whew, we got a pass rusher here lining up over the middle, a guy that is capable of 15 to 20 sacks a year. You're that elite. That you're at the top five position. Let's check into a run because even if he's good against the run, you're going to go small in the middle. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to make sure that we don't have a passive protection plan. Bradley Bozeman, whoever the center is, they're going to drive you off the ball. It feels like that would be the counter. Well, when you have a guy like that, I mean, he may be able to hold his own in the middle with the center, but what you would do maybe, especially if you know that he's a dog like that and he can handle a single blocker, no matter if they're interior or uh, a tackle, is, and a lot of times by way offenses are designed, the guys in the middle are going to be smaller than the tackles for the most part. So you would think a guy like Michael Parsons can handle his own. But, you know, you get you a good double team and try to take him for a ride. Yeah. Make him not want to come down inside anymore like that. Uh, I think those are some of the ways that you could counter. But teams are really playing uh, matchup football when you look at that. And so now the next question is, talking about them playing meaningful football, and that's what happens, you know, wins, breed, hope. And so when you look at this Panthers team, and we talked about it yesterday, and I said offensively, a team that gave up six sacks on a quarterback, averaged two yards rushing, uh, and the quarterback was hit 10 times. What besides history do you look at here and you say this is why they could potentially do this? Is there something tangible you could put your hands, eyes, whatever on and say this is why this team could do something in this get right to it? Let's, just even, let's even take out the rest of the season why they can win the next two games. What about that win or what about this team do you feel like is an advantage that they can use on other teams? That Bryce Young is playing better and that he's looking a little more like Alabama Bryce Young. And so take it for whatever it's worth. Pro Football Focus 
put out on Twitter a couple of things about Bryce Young. In his first three games, they recorded one big-time throw, quote-unquote. Some of this you can scoff at. That's fine. I get it. One big-time throw for Bryce Young in his first three games, six turnover-worthy plays. In his last three games, they're telling you that he has six big-time throws and one turnover-worthy play. An easy thing to do would be to scoff at that and say, what are even these stats? I even hear you a little bit. But we can also watch the game and take away something very similar from that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was his best game against Houston. I Usually when we say, oh, it's not even close, it feels like an enhancer. That doesn't really mean anything. But I, I really do think there's a significant gap between the way he played against Houston and the other games that he had. And I don't even think he was playing bad the two matchups previously. Wes, he just looked more free. And maybe if that's a product of Thomas Brown calling plays, fantastic. If that's just Bryce not starting his first three games in the NFL, which is always hard for any rookie, great. But if you're asking me, why do I feel like the Panthers can turn it around? Let's look at the most important position. Let's look at the guy that you're hoping can be the franchise QB going forward. He's playing a lot better. He's starting to feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that Mingo is getting all of this separation. It doesn't mean that DJ Chark is running wild and free in the secondary. If he is, he might drop it. We saw it against Houston. They're not using the tight end more. Hayden Hurst thought he might get traded yesterday. Tommy Trimble is the guy emerging, even with Ian Thomas on IR. It's about Brian. It's about Bryce Young improving as his career goes on. I like that, but when I look at this offense again, like I said, a lot of the flaws from that win is what worries me, and I think if they are to do something in the next few weeks, it's going to come down to this defense. Can you hold a team, another team, to uh, you know five first down conversions on third down? Houston was 5 of 12, so that's not the greatest percentage in the world, but can you hold another team to 4.1 yards per play? Can you hold another team to 119 yards passing? That's going to be key for them because I feel like 15 points and the way that this offensive line is playing, if you get a team that applies pressure to Carolina offensively, I think that's going to put them in a hole because this defense, yeah, they had two sacks, five tackles for loss, but they did make it tough on C.J. Stroud, batting those passes down because they have a pretty good offense coming in here in the Indianapolis Colts for all of their ailments on defense. They are top 10 in points per game and total offense. And then they're also above average in passing the football. You talked about Josh Downs. Michael Pittman is also having a pretty decent season so far. 50 catches for 520 yards. They're running games. Zach Moss is playing really well. Jonathan uh, Taylor, especially my fantasy team, is waiting on him to go off at any time. That'd be great. But, uh, Zach Moss has run for 589 yards. He's averaging a healthy 4.7 a carry, five scores. Jonathan Taylor, you know he's capable any time of touching the football and taking off. So I think if this team is going to do something, it's going to come down to this defense to have another effort like what they had against the Texans. They're going to have to do that because I just don't think offensively they're going to get the output. They're going to have to make these games ugly and play in the mud if they want to Uh, make something of what's left of the year well and you brought up third down efficiency I mentioned that as a key going into that Houston Texans matchup Carolina had done a good job of getting the offense off of the field when it came to third down now it doesn't mean that they weren't allowing big plays on first and second we know Mm -hmm. about some of the big runs the gash plays especially against Detroit comes to mind but they have done a pretty good job about it they were in the top three I believe going into the last uh last week against Houston they're eighth now 
What's interesting, too, is Indianapolis is nine when it comes to opponent third down percentage. So can Carolina's offense stay on the field on third down? Can Carolina's defense get Indianapolis's offense off of the field? That will be interesting with Carolina and Indianapolis ranked eight and nine. Getting Von Bell back is going to help. Seeing Frankie Louvu get loose last week, be the player of the week, that's certainly going to help. Even Austin Corbett offensively, if we need more reinforcements, mm-hmm. they're getting a little healthy. They're I wouldn't call them outright healthy, but they're getting healthier, and that's certainly going to help them in this three-game stretch. All right, Fitty, last flash of the day. Let's get it. It's all right to be a little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. I feel like I should line well dance for this. Life goes on for a little Pull it off. <laughs> Someone texted in that Coyote Joe's has free line dancing on Wednesday, so it could be a, dance, uh, a chance for us to line dance and walk or karaoke all in the same night. Also tonight could be the end of the baseball season. The Rangers go up 3-1 with an 11-7 win last night, and nobody would be more happy about it than Fox because the ratings for this series have been as bad as they were going to be advertised. Game 3 had an average of 8.13 million viewers. Game 2 had an average of 8.15. The lowest since the 2020 COVID World Series between the Dodgers and the Rays, which had an average of 8.3 million viewers. Last year's Phillies Astros Series had an average of 11.76. So roughly 3.5 million people, uh, 3.5 less uh, million people are watching this series so um, we knew when arizona made their magical run that it was going to dampen the 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 viewership and so far the math has been proven to be correct walker Fiddy, how comfortable do you feel that texas can close this out despite having a couple of injuries on their side that's nah, done yeah, the, arizona's I, I pitching so too. arizona's pitching i think is is gassed and, and texas's offense it's just a machine man eve are you willing to go mad dog russo and retire if Arizona comes back and wins the World Series. Walker, I know you want Shroppy to be your board op, but I'm not going to be tricked by you. I'm just asking. I gave up on him this morning, man. I can't take him. Oh, Shroppy? No, 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 no. Uh-oh. Oh, Mad what Dog. <laughs> Mad Dog. I tried to watch first take this morning, man. That guy, I mean, goodness gracious. That's Mad Dog. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Stephen A. and Mad Dog. They're both going to be loud and in your face with their takes on first take. And he's still here, despite telling us that he was going to retire if the Diamondbacks were able to go to the World Series. All right. Well, when we come back, we close this thing down. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This was the number one mentioned song on the text line right here for the wedding song that gets you going. This song ran it when I got to college, man. Like, woo. I can only imagine. I really can. Ran it. Because it was going crazy. They play it multiple times a night. 
Yeah, when I mean I'm in high school or <laughs> even middle school, I think this is rolling. They were killing it. They had two, three year run where they just dominated the party. They one, yeah, I they did. I mean, if you look at Dirty. it, there were so <laughs> get low. Yes, no doubt about it. Uh, to talk more about, I think something that has been a theme of the show. All of the wedding songs, the best wedding songs out there. We had a few DJs on the text line. I was like, wait, we we know a DJ. We usually see him in the fishbowl. We used to see him in the fishbowl, but he's been too hard at work. How about DJ Ace? What's going on? Hopping in the Planet Kia studios with with us. You can listen to him on 102.5 The Block, Monday through Friday, 12 to 7 p.m. And he works Saturdays, too, 10 to 3. How are you doing, man? Seven days a week, brother. How are you? How are you doing, man? Doing good. So this is why I wanted you in here, because... Mm -hmm. The theme of the show has been the best wedding songs, right? We got, I mean, the text line's blowing up. It's going crazy. If I put you to the test, because you DJ weddings too. Yeah. If I had to get the three mainstay songs, everything else can be finagled, whatever kind of customized you want to put on it, whoever the client is, but you need to have these three songs on the list. What are the three songs you bring in every wedding that you DJ? He did say one of them, Lil John, Get Low. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. You definitely got to play Luther Vandross, This Where It Was Mine. Got to play that. Uh, and this probably going to make y'all look at me sideways, but uh, you got to play Uncle Luke, Doodle Brown. Like, okay. nothing, nothing gets a wedding more wow. ratchet <laughs> Like, what type of weddings you doing? All kinds. <laughs> All kinds for the fans. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, Luther Vandross, I could actually see. But I didn't. Oh, yeah. yeah, Luther Vandross. How many people are dancing to it? I mean, that that Luke though, that's gonna get the old heads on the floor for sure. They are gonna have a flashback. Yeah, even if Luke they can't dance like that. Out of your yeah, even <laughs> yeah, even if they can't dance like that anymore, they are gonna have those memories going of where they were when I they used first to do heard that this in song. Ninety three, which is <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> we used to lift the leg up like this. Yeah, bro. yeah. Then they gonna be like, ah, <laughs> hold on, where my icy hat? Where the icy hat? When 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 Ace though brings up Luther Vandross, it does bring me back to the valentine's day playlist that i had never too much i'll dance to that at a wedding never too much never too much. yeah man luther i mean luther has countless video i want to hear if you were djing a wedding all right let's have a dj battle <laughs> ace shows up with his ones and twos what you got fitty you're bringing in the disc what are you bringing to the table if you had to be a wedding dj give me two or three songs i can tell you i'm not gonna play any of shroppy's beats that's for damn sure <laughs> wow. catching oh. straight oh sorry Shrop. i didn't see you walking by the studio there mm. tough, man. i mean i came back with get low so that would have been my number one yeah that's good. uh i would have had the wobble on there number two and then because <laughs> because y'all you know y'all had to categorize me as someone that would play copperhead road i'd go with cotton eye joe Cotton Eye Joe, That's I think not bad. it's a crossover. The kids, everybody get on the floor for that. I think that can cross over demographics. Is that right? Like, I think Cotton Eye Joe can. DJ Ace, is that fair or is that foul? You can I just tell me that I'm way wrong. Shark. Like that's what I thought. Oh, what do you think I baby am? Shark. <laughs> <laughs> you involving kids, bro? You ain't say baby shark. I am leaving. I, I gotta have at least a, a couple song hangover for how much I'm going to drink if you play Baby Shark. I'm going to the bar and I'm not coming back until it's over. And I don't want it in my head because it's not even necessarily when it's happening. It's the after effects. That is the worst song hangover that you can have. Is yeah. Baby Shark. It's real bad. The other one I wanted to ask, I was going to ask you a question as well, uh, but we're all over the place. And so I forgot what I was going to ask with the wedding. Oh, the, the line dancing stuff. Yeah. 
How valuable is having cha-cha slide, electric slide in the arsenal? Like, do you hate it as a DJ, or do you understand this is what is going to get the people moving at first, and then I can really let loose? Me, personally, I get tired of hearing the cha-cha slide. Uh, that is one of the most god-awful songs. It's and, a preach. And it is bad. I, I move to the left. Stop. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> how dare uh, yeah, you? At the end of the day, it's a generational song. I played it yesterday. <laughs> Shout out to the kids at Northridge. They were like nine and ten. They knew what Cha Cha Slide was. How? I can't even say what I really want to say because we're on the radio. Dog it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's a universal though. Like that's one of those as a DJ that if you even have the toughest crowd that doesn't want to do anything, so the Cha Cha. You're like, all right, let me put that. Or, uh, what's the Cha Cha Wobble? Electric slide. Electric one more electric slide. slide. Cupid Shuffle is getting yes, a lot of play. That's the, oh god. You could put some shuffle. flavor on the Cupid Shuffle. Can't forget Man. about Soldier Boy Superman. Everybody's mm, oh, swearing yeah, that yeah. yeah, they do. So that, that's like one of those ones. You that, get a pop on that song too. As soon as they hit a ding, then mm-hmm. everybody comes back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, everybody uh, got weed. Oh, uh, swag surfing too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you got to know how to do it more so, but that's another one. You know it instantly as soon as it hops on. Yeah. That's one. Also, uh, just speaking. So with the cha-cha slide, though, I will say this: we all understand that it's a necessary evil. But that Charlie Brown, I'd be getting my Charlie Brown on when Cha-Cha Slide plays. Because mm. it's not a repeated motion. Yeah. It's the only time that it gives me Charlie Brown. Yeah, I'll Charlie Brown. Or if you have, have uh, and, and, <laughs> and if you have, we talk about two Americas a lot. If you have, uh, you know, one of those mixed weddings or something like that, would you play the one, John? I never remember what the song the ding, 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 ding. Oh, that's Seven Nation Army. Yeah, yeah. What? I would yeah. think that would be good to put on in a way, and that would be one. You're saying that you're saying that's an all-encompassing America song instead of two America song. I think so, but then especially, you know, let's keep it real. If you have a, a wedding with mostly white people, if you played that song, I think that would get it rocking. Oh in no, there for too. sure. That's yeah. what I was but asking. I wouldn't mind playing it either. I, I love that song. Oh no, I was asking if that was a crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you could play it anywhere, but that's a great wedding song too because people get that's fist pumping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ace, all demographics. Every like who? What are the songs? Are the songs that you mentioned the one that everybody's dancing to? No matter no matter what. Us oh, a cha cha slide, hand hands down. That's yeah. like that song to everybody. It's because it's you get old. Yeah. Then the other people who might not want to, but they still gonna do it because it's fun. And then the kids are gonna get out there too. That that song gets all the caregivers up. Like if you ever seen a bunch of senior citizens just sitting around with their <laughs> caregivers, the caregivers look boring and out of date. Mm-hmm. So the cha cha slide come on. The caregivers that's that's their fine moment right there. All right. <laughs> I, I like the category we're diving into. White people wedding songs. 770 said, white people love singing to Mr. Brightside. I raise my hand high. I am so white <laughs> with that. As soon as you put the killers on, I am Sweet belting. Home Alabama? No. I'm not singing no Sweet Home Alabama like but that. But I'm saying you put that on at a white wedding, that's okay. going to get it cracking. I thought you were looking at me. Yeah. You looked right into my soul and I asked mean, if that was no. something for me to get but down But I mean, to. That, that, that's, no, a, that's, no. a big, that's a big song. At 50. I know that. You singing that? Oh hell! <laughs> well, wait, I mean, hell yeah! No, 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 but I'm I was just saying, saying that's no a, that's hell a, no that's a classic, dog. I mean, you gotta respect that check. That's a classic. I mean, I've this. It's like Fitty Spaghetti. I heard it way too many times. Got you. Up. Got you. I'm I'm good on that. Uh, yeah, but Mr. Brightside. I I will be the person that hears the calling and then goes to the dance floor to jump around. Really, all you're doing is jumping around. What about jump sing. around? That's a universal. Yeah, jump around. Yeah. Real universal. I haven't heard it at a wedding, but I feel like it's so popular. Like, it's just never dying. I think you could play that at a wedding. You hear those more at, like, Basketball games and sporting events yeah. now, like the crisscross, the you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that might be that might be on the wedding playlist. Jump around, it um, should be. I yeah. like this one from seven oh four, Coolio Gangster Paradise. 
Oh, yeah, I would say no. I would be kind of scared. That's a little morbid for a wedding. Well, I mean, and the tempo. But they don't. But no, he doesn't. Security at that wedding. But but (laughs) (laughs) but it's 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 not though. It's not crazy. I know what the idea is. I know it's dark. But Stevie Wonder didn't let him sample Ghetto's Paradise because uh, unless he didn't curse on it, so it's actually clean. But I'm just saying the tempo of it. Yeah, the tempo's not really dance-worthy, yeah. but I guess people still like getting down. Just to, sitting I, around, I'm, head down, like, mm, Yeah. Mm. All right. Grandma up there with her hands up, throwing it up. I remember when I was on the set, baby. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Ace, everybody. You can listen we to him. We love that. We got to have Ace in you know, every now and again. We it. talk a lot of music on here. We got to have him in here. I would love it. Yeah. Live, we can call it Live with Ace. We can steal this hashtag. Yeah. We can steal the show. Not y'all stealing my hashtag. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey tell him what the Follow me on Instagram, Live with Ace, L-I-V-E-W-I-T-H-A-C-E. Uh, yeah, tune into the show, man. But shout out to y'all for bringing me on, man. Well, tell them your show. Oh, they y'all. don't know. It's called Live with Ace. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I on on what radio station? Oh, 1025 The Block. You know. Tell us your blood type. What's your social? I'm playing. Yeah. We're done. Well, wait, right. My man got to come in and drop his stuff. All right. That's DJ Ace. <laughs> that's Wes Bryant. That's Josh Fitty Marlowe. I'm Walker Mayo. Stay tuned from 3 to 6 p.m. with the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Yay.